Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hey everybody, Levin's here, just letting you know that this episode of The Mitchin is brought to you by me, specifically my five podcasts, one of which you are about to listen to. But did you know I have other podcasts? They are Serious Issues, of course, The Mitchin, uh, All the Small Games, Hey Fam, and Old Raps, uh, podcasts that are about comic books and pop culture and video games and rap music. Um, it's a very broad spectrum. Of course, The Mitchin is about food. And uh, I'm letting you know about all of them because I am releasing an episode of each of those podcasts this week. That's right, five episodes of Levin's Hosted Podcasts coming to you this week. All these podcasts are available on uh, iTunes and uh, Podcatcher and Overcast and Stitcher. Wherever you get your podcasts from, it should be there. Uh, so please, if you've ever you know given any thought to, uh, to listening to some of my other podcasts but haven't made the jump yet, this is a great week to do that because uh, I'm going to be giving away a secret, a, a part of a secret message uh, before every one of the po- episodes. And uh, I gave away one yesterday in Serious Issues. And uh, today you're going to get a, the second part of that secret message. And that secret message is the word Mixcloud. So uh, do with that what you will and keep listening to all my podcasts this week for the full reveal of the full secret message, which will, you'll be rewarded with something at the end of it. Um, and yeah, again, the, uh, the secret word is Mixcloud. Anyway, enjoy the episode, the uh, long-awaited return episode of The Mitchin. It's The Mitchin Podcast. Hi, everybody, and welcome to uh, The Mitchin, a food podcast, which is annual at this point. We almost made it <laughs> to an entire year since the last episode. Fine. Uh, my name's Andrew Levins. Joining me in the in the guest seat, my my co-host seat, my good friend Mitchell Orr. What's up, Levs? Um, it's good to be back with you. As um, everyone knows, we've not seen each other since August last year. <laughs> <laughs> it uh, feels like it sometimes. Yeah, yeah, it does. It does. I mean, part of why I do so many podcasts, which is at this point five, yeah. is so I can maintain friendships. Yeah, yeah. And that's why I'm, I'm going to put forward, maybe we should you know, continue this in some way, just once, to hang out. Once every three months. Or Something like yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> I was, I was going to say annual, but sure, we can do that. <laughs> um, so this is a, food, a, a podcast about food, restaurants, being a chef, being in the food industry. Um, and uh, we started this podcast, I want to say four-ish years ago, three, three and a half years ago. Fuck. Long time ago. Long we time. How, how, how many episodes did we get in? We cracked fifty, didn't we? We got we got pretty close to a hundred. Yeah, um, admirable. Yeah, not a bad effort. Uh, and um, you know, we've spoken to a lot of uh, of chefs and uh, people in the food industry that we, you know, call our friends or we, we've we've kind of become friendlier with because of this podcast. Uh, Seventy two episodes, pretty good. So this will be the seventy third episode of uh, 
of the podcast. And um, I do a bunch of other podcasts about pop culture and, and get and your plugs in, bro. Get your plugs in. So we started this in August 2015. So I mean, that's like almost okay, almost three years. Shit. Um, and uh, you know, I'll post about them on social media, mm-hmm. and the fucking for almost a year now. Instead of people going, hey, I'm excited about this new podcast. Like, the, the only comment is, hey, what happened to the Mitchin? Where's the Mitchin? Where's the Mitchin? Where's the Mitchin? I get that all the time. Still people coming to the restaurant. Hey, we missed the Mitchin. When's it coming back? What are you doing? Blah, blah, blah. So thanks for the support. Yeah. Um, I guess we never really, we never intended for it to fully die. We definitely, no. we burnt out on it. We, mm. we kind of, if you know, if you've been listening from the start, we definitely had like a long break already. Uh, and then we came back with, uh, you know, the, the really good guys over the projects, offering some extra support, trying to do the video thing. Um, it, it became work. Exactly. Hmm. Exactly. And I guess this is like the one podcast, like, you know, the other ones I do are like about music and about comic books and like things that come out regularly that I, that I, that I enjoy for fun. You're indulging in. And yeah, then I yeah. talk about for fun. Whereas hmm. this was like, fuck, what are we going to talk about this week? Yeah. You know, and if you were listening to the ones last year, I, I, I was proud of them. It was like a, almost like a morning show yeah. with you and me talking that, about. That became the hard thing. Did anything happen this week? Yeah. What the fuck are we going to talk about? What dumb article did the Telegraph publish Who's this gonna, week? Who are we going to get to come and talk to us? Is anyone available? Can anyone be bothered? Can anyone get the time off work? And just setting it up became a ball ache. But if we didn't put the work in and we got a guest or whatever, without the topics that we were that, like, you know, that we came to, you know, prepared to talk about, it would always divulge into devolve, divulge, divulge works yeah, in, into yeah. into like quite negative, like just us complaining us about the food yeah. industry. About and I think that's a reflection of where we were, or where I was, maybe more so at the time. With everything going on, well, I mean, which we'll talk yeah. about later. Yeah, like, I mean, like if, if I started this podcast while I still had a restaurant, it would be the most negative, <laughs> the negative, <laughs> most negative podcast on the internet. Because that's like, you know, that was like, I think, you know, if anyone that, that knows me very well, like I'm a pretty optimistic and positive guy, but I think the closest point in my life that I maybe got close to having some kind of depression or at least was in a really bad funk was, was that mm. last year of having a restaurant and a kid at the same time and yeah. being away from my son running the restaurant, hating every second of it. Mm. Um, and, you know, these are, these are things that happen in, in all, if you are in any line of work, I guess, but yeah. particularly when you run your own business that happens to be in the food industry, like, you know, there's, it's no secret that you put a lot more in than you get out of, uh, of this industry. I hope it's not a secret. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, I thought today we could have a general catch-up. Yeah. Mitch, you've visited like 10 countries since we last recorded an episode. I can't really remember any of them. Um, we have both gone to Singapore, so we could talk about Singapore. Yeah, we both, yeah, so I did a pop-up a week's worth of lunches and dinners at Black Waddle in Singapore, which is Clayton's sister restaurant, mm-hmm. where Clayton, Lil, um, Clayton Wells from Automata and soon to be A1. The every man's back, everybody. And uh, um, where my sous chef... Lil currently works and Clayton's old sous chef Yuri is She's still your, chef. your sous chef, is she? Forever. Still, yeah, forever. <laughs> She's, you know, part of the family. Um, so that was sort of backed by Citibank. So they flew me over and we did a, a week of collaboration stuff. And mm-hmm. then I sort of just hung out there and, you know, sent Lil to the hawker markets every time I got hungry to bring me back something to eat and caught up with all the guys in Singapore. We had some good friends happen to be in town from overseas at the same time. So, yeah, it was really good. Singapore's really good eating. Man. Singapore's fucking incredible. Yeah. I went there with, with my family in January. And 
we chose that as a destination just because it's a shorter flight. It's a it's yeah. a one. There's no you know no you, stop you don't have to stop no over change. in Singapore yeah. to get to Singapore like yeah. almost every other place in Asia. Yeah. Um, and uh, just I, I knew it would be like a pretty easy one to push two prams around in. Yeah. And it totally was. Yeah. Like no shortage of fun family things to do. A yeah. relatively small area yeah. um, to visit. So we were there for like a week and a half. And uh, man, they're eating there. It's so good. The just the the hawker food, and I know that that's like a buzzword that gets thrown around, especially if you've never visited yeah. a hawker market. Like you know, you only see it where it's like a you know lackluster Malaysian restaurant mm. proclaiming to be hawker food in like you know capital mm. city of Australia, and it's kind of like oh, this is not that interesting. Yeah. But you know, if you, if you've not been to Singapore, it is these like it's basically it's like a food court, um, but these tiny spaces there's up to basically the government built places for all the street vendors to have storefronts in Mm. so everything is clean and organized and sort of backed and supported by the government so all these guys can be in one place surviving and keeping that sort of culture alive and there are hundreds of hawker markets in singapore um each of them containing from like 30 stalls to i mean the biggest one in chinatown is like I've, I couldn't even. Yeah, it's it's well over. It's two, crazy. There's well over 200 yeah. stalls within there. I mean, they're not all open at the same time. They all there's some um, breakfast um, yeah. kind of thing, some lunch, some dinner, some, dinner, some um, late night. And the 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 makeup of um, of cultures in Singapore and mm. um, the the food related to those cultures is just like it's so diverse yeah. and, and incredible and cheap. Like yeah, stupid pot, cheap. Like, so yeah. so cheap. All the hawker stores are stupid cheap. Yeah. Um, but then you've also got this, like you know, because a majority of uh, the um, people that live in Singapore um, from Western culture work in banking and finance mm. um, and investments and that kind of thing. So there is also a, a huge amount of high end dining and, and hotel yeah, stuff as well. There's a lot of restaurants in Singapore. Um, so how did you divide up your time in Singapore? Well, this trip because I was mostly working and at the restaurant. So I sort of, like I said, I just sent Lil out to get hawker food because Blackwaddle's pretty central yep. to like Maxwell Centre and then there's another hawker centre sort of just around the corner. So it's all pretty centralised. So Lil could just duck out and go and find me something to eat that I hadn't had the previous day. And I'd sort of been lucky enough that um, I'd been in Cambodia the month before mm-hmm. and took a couple of days to go over to Singapore to see Lil before this dinner was organized. So I'd sort of already been there and went to went and ate at Burn Ends and, you know, did a couple of the restauranty things already. So this time I just sort of just wanted to eat hawker food and then um you know, I went and had a drink at Burn Ends with Dave and just caught up with everybody and, and that kind of thing. And Clayton and I went and ate it cheek by jowl after service one night. What's that doing? Um, that's, so that's another one of Peng's group, the Unlisted Collection. Which is the same uh, backer of Clayton's restaurants? Yeah, yep. yeah. So um, it's kind of Australian. Rishi, the chef, used to work at Tetsuya's. Um, so it's sort of just around the corner from Blackwaddle and Meatsmith. And it's really good, man. Just like super tasty. I had one of the best desserts I've had in a long time. It's um, Black Olive and Strawberry Number. Oh. It was fucking dope. And it was just good. Like Singapore's kind of like Sydney in the fact that the community is really good of chefs mm-hmm. and everyone hangs out. And if someone's in town, everyone will hang out and yeah, that's cool. bump into each other and all that kind of thing. So it was more about that. And then spent a couple of nights at Le Bon Funk, which is a new place that's just open, run by a guy named Kieran, who's a former, who's Dave Pint's old sous chef. Yep. And that was really cool. Natural wine bar kind of vibe. 
snacky food late night and that that was really sick i really enjoyed it so it was it was a good time it was tiring because i haven't done five doubles in god knows how long i haven't worked a, a monday i haven't worked a monday in god knows how long and not that i was really working but i didn't know what fucking day i was like what like doing a monday like just really threw me off so sure. yeah it was it was pretty funny it was pretty um, funny. but your favorite dish in singapore is uh it's not noodles it's not rice it's not the kind of like you know what you think of straight away when you think of the cuisine that you can find in singapore it's smoked chicken wings right yeah the chicken wings are so fucking good so i they're found top three chicken wings in and the they're, world. so they're, they're, these chicken machines are, 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 are smoked using this crazy device that i've only ever seen in singapore have yeah. you seen it that's like that weird like a it um conveyor belt esque kind of nah, oh, okay. no, one, this is different okay the this one I, different. the one I went to like similar they looked, they looked yeah. exactly the same as the right. ones you got, but it was like um yeah smoked the, 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 the wings were on this conveyor belt and they kind of like circled over the coals and then uh, up through the smoke okay um oh yeah so around, yeah. that's a mechanic version of how this is done, so the place I go to is um in East Lagoon Village Hawker Center, which yep. is sort of on the way back out to the airport. Um, and it's been in the family, I think, for 70-odd years. So the grandfather owned it. Um, the son now owns it. So the son and the mum work. And now, so he's now the dad, and the, the son is there working as well. And it's the same sort of thing as this charcoal pit, and all the the wings are skewered by three big metal prongs, and there's like 10 or 12 wings on each prong, and they're marinated and basted, and then the guys physically move them down over the coals, then back up into the smoke, yep. never letting it catch fire. And then they're served with calamansi, the juiciest fucking calamansis I've ever seen. They're so good. What a cal- that's the, it's the little citrus. citrus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Little kumquat yep. sort of thing. And then like a fermented garlic and chili sauce. Mm-hmm. They're so fucking good, man. And then being idiots. <laughs> yeah, I saw this picture. <laughs> Lil, <laughs> Lil and Yuri will buy caviar through um, their supplier at the restaurant. So we'll take caviar. Like the most high-end caviar you can take get. Take caviar to the Hawker Center. So it's real high-low. Yeah, yeah, you know? totally. And, man, it's fucking good. Yeah. It's really fucking good. Chicken wings and caviar, yeah. that's incredible. Yeah, I, I couldn't believe just the, um, the extent of... Like I, I would get hooked on eating the same dish at all the hawker centers yeah. as well, just because I was like, oh, I've got to find the right one. And even like things like, it was like uh, rojak or ro- ro- uh, it's like that weird raw salad of like apple okay. and, and celery and right. um, this black sweet sauce through it. I was obsessed with that. There's yeah, but the the cuisine there is so good. Yeah, and uh, just how how many of those um, hawker centers there are mm. scattered. Like you know, it's one of those. You could go every single center has at least one place that you should visit. Thanks, Cam. Hey, Cam Fevon from Acme, you want to make a quick little cameo? It's been a while. Guys, great to be back. Just dropped some tea off to <laughs> Mitch and Lev's. Have a great day. <laughs> <laughs> hey, listen to much good Ethiopian jazz lately, Cam? Oh, fuck it. Don't get him so started. <laughs> Fucking hell. <laughs> Thanks, Cam. Um, and um, one whole thing that you know that is like one of those dishes that you always hear talked about when when people go to Singapore that I've never actually eaten before. I was like, how good could it be? Is black pepper crab? Yeah, right. I like I had it about five times while I was there, yeah. and just the the level of depth to that weirdly sweet, mm. really rich black pepper sauce that is is. Did you go to crab. Did you go to JB Ameng? Is that, is that the one in Engseng? I have no idea where it is. Yeah, that was yeah. a good video. But yeah, I, I, went, I went to some. I went to one place that was like. 
like a kind of almost like a looks like a chain restaurant, but it was a one of right. its own kind of like. So it was like the kind of sit down dinner thing, and then I we went to another place that was just filled with like young families and cabbies, okay. basically. Um, and um, did you go to Sinhai Sao as well? I don't know. And had the chili crab and the salted I, I salted sh- egg. I, I didn't. Crab? We didn't have. I, I liked black pepper crab so much that I didn't even have the chili uh, crab. But it's definitely a place that I want to return to. It was so yeah, good. It was good. So I'll, f- I'll go. I'm going back for a couple of days. Oh, God in damn. July next month as well. Oh, I'm so jealous. Yeah. Yeah, my friend, my friend Tommy and Vicky, were, were, they were just there um, on the way to the little Dum Dum Club, uh, ah, yeah. Koh Samui yeah. Podcast Festival, yeah. and uh, they were just sending them so many places to go eat at. I think yeah, they exactly. had a ton of crab too. Yeah. So yeah, and then next month, or at the end of this month, next on the 25th, I go to Copenhagen and do a couple of nights at Slurp Ramen mm-hmm. in Copenhagen, and then on the 1st of July, I go over to London, and then I'm doing a dinner at the Laughing Heart in East London. Yep, and then I come back and stop in Singapore for a couple of days, and then come home again. That's so, great. Yeah. Where yeah. Else? And how was Cambodia the second Cambodia time around? Was sick, bro. So good. So Soph and I went back over the Easter break. We did a Cambodian episode with uh, our friend Sophia Thatch um, last year. One of the last Tatch. episodes we recorded. Thatch. Yeah. That's that's why we're gonna get mad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So we went back. Originally, she was gonna go with her family and stuff, but they sort of pulled out. So I was like, I I kind of needed a holiday. So I was like, let's go anyway. And just, yeah, fuck, ate everything again. It's so fucking good. And then ducked across to Singapore for a couple of days. And mm. yeah, it was, it was good, man. So we're talking a lot about traveling and eating and eating to travel. And um, the person that inspired me to do that in the first place when I was younger is a man who I'm sure everyone is familiar with called Anthony Bourdain. And uh, this weekend is past. We all learned the very sad news that uh, Bourdain took his own life. Um, shortly after filming an episode of uh, his latest uh, series. Um, and uh, I have never seen a bigger outpouring of just everyone I know yeah. in my life sharing yeah. what that man meant to them. Um, yeah, that, that was the crazy thing. Like, to a number, every single person in the industry, he meant the same thing to. He was such a big influence. But what's really amazing is his legacy outside of the industry for people in all kinds of walks of life and all kinds of industries finding that way in and that inspiration and that understanding through him and his shows and books and all that kind of stuff like the reach that he had is incredible so you shared a story online about actually meeting him randomly Mm -hmm. many years ago with uh your ex part, uh, uh, business partner, Thomas Lim. Yeah, so I think Doom, Jamie Doom was there as well. And I, there was somebody else with us that I can't So the Duke, Duke Bistro crew in the States, was it? Yeah, in LA. Yeah. So it was, I think me and Limbo had just done a, th- a pop-up in London and we'd flown across to LA and I think Doom had come and met us. And we were, we'd been, I think we'd been at the Shadow Marmont for a drink and we're walking somewhere and we're walking up the back past the Shadow Marmont and we walked past the car and somebody was getting out of the car and I didn't know I wasn't really paying attention I just had my head in the clouds kind of thing and Limbo was like fuck that's Bourdain and Limbo let's get it out there he's not really someone that you would ever expect to be starstruck no. by anybody yeah. he plays it cool almost all the time yeah. and he was like fuck that's Bourdain and we, by the time we'd sort of all come to the realisation and we're like fuck that's that's Bourdain fuck we were sort of halfway down the street and Limbo turned back around and was like Anthony, you're a legend, bro. Fucking la la la. And he was like, like, you know, sort of said hi. So we sort of wandered back to him and we're like, you know, shook his hand and said, fuck, it's so good to meet you, you know. Can we get a picture? And Bourdain was not really interested in being the famous guy 
taking pictures with anyone and I sort of said, you know, when I wrote the post online, I sort of said that whether it was wanting us wanting to connect with him in some way or wanting to impress him in some way as young chefs who, you know, someone you look up to and has had such a big influence on you, we said, oh, we're, we're chefs from Australia. And like that, it was like, you know, the, the sort of wall of being that famous person, having to talk to the public all the time, that kind of thing, went down and he was like, ah, oh, fuck, you, you chefs, why don't you fucking say so? Let's get a picture, you know? Like, <laughs> and it was like automatically like family, you know? And I think he made everybody feel that way. And there's been a lot of great things written. Eddie Wong oh, wrote an amazing brilliant piece. Article. There's some, been some good stuff in the New York Times. Um, the Watch podcast did a little tribute thing, which was really great. And I listened to an old podcast of Andy Greenwald's that I also shared on Facebook of an interview with Bourdain. And yeah, like he, he even sort of says like the TV shows weren't always great, but they were honest Mm-hmm. and open and we've definitely made fun of episodes and, and, and yeah. tropes that he fell into in the past yeah but they never looked down no on anyone they never looked down on any culture or anything they were always trying to understand a culture and celebrate it and that kind of thing and that's something really different and that a lot of people have sort of tried to copy that but Bourdain is always the the apex yeah the most common message I saw particularly from I mean only from um, uh, Asian writers and and, and, and Asian Twitter users was Mm. that he was the only uh, like food writer or food TV show host that did that that, that wrote or or, or visited um, Asian countries um, as an outsider with the utmost respect for everything it wasn't like oh my god look at these ridiculous ways these people do things over here it was just with so much respect and admiration for the culture and yeah always you know represented what was best about the places he was visiting yeah yeah it was like and there were some like just amazing episodes of his shows over the years like i know the vietnam app was massive to you yeah that, so that was I, I i saw that that's the first episode of his I, I'd, I'd seen episodes here or there but never really paid too much attention and yeah. in 2008 or 9 or whatever what get aired i saw the vietnam episode he did um, and I bought flights to Vietnam like within a week of watching that yeah. episode. It was just this most amazing, joyous celebration of like, first of all, like he found the most incredible street food um, while he was there. And that was, they were always my favorite episodes, which mm. was, was him getting out of the restaurants and into the street yeah. and like yeah. meeting hawkers and meeting people that didn't necessarily get covered by mainstream press and 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 really like you know being in awe of the food that they were creating yeah and um, I, I know so sort of feels the same way about the cambodia episode that's a great that episode as yeah. well and and you know like i the the one that sticks out the most for me in my memory is the um episode with the joe beef guys oh yeah the it's just that it's in new york no no no, no. it's like joe? it's quebec i think all oh, right sure yeah it's quebec and it's just him and the Joe Beef guys just having a fucking ball, basically. Right. You know, just being gluttons, doing what they love. Like, one of the Joe Beef guys loves fucking trains. So, they go on this train <laughs> trip that he fucking loves doing. But they bring caviar and foie gras and all this stuff and just be gluttons and talk shit. And then, you know, like, they just... And just the love and the passion and the joy and the honesty of it comes through. And that's sort of... That's why it resonates with me because that's the, that's how I feel 
eating with friends, mm. you know, or going to a friend's restaurant or going to a shitty restaurant or when we all used to come to my house on a Sunday Arvo and Cook. sit around and talk shit yeah. and listen to rap music, you know, like that feeling to capture that on TV is so hard to do. Mm. So, yeah, it's pretty crazy. Um, there was a great episode about the the old New York. Yeah. And he, and he went to like one of the last red sauce Italian spots and then he, I remember the episode ended with him like talking to newer guys, so like the palm guys and yeah. like the, changing the idea of importing Italian ingredients to the ethos of cooking locally, which is like that, yeah. or like, you know, like sourcing locally. It's still being Italian food, but using local ingredients. Yeah, yeah. So. I, that was a great episode. But the Vietnam episode, um, I've eaten at every single place that he visits in that mm-hmm. episode. Like a ba- we based an entire holiday around that. Yeah. And then like whenever... For years after that, whenever we would, you know, book a holiday somewhere, the first thing we would do would be watch the No, no Reservations episode about about that place and just write down everywhere he went. Um, and the amazing thing is the amount of people that did that exact same thing. Mm. The amount of people that saw that episode or another episode and went, that's our next holiday. Let's go and experience that and be a part of that culture and learn and, you know, experience that. That's Yeah. To have that influence across every kind of walk alive is is pretty incredible. And I haven't watched anything he's done for more than five years easily. Yeah, um, I haven't watched anything in a while either. But I view him as being so important to like in your formative years. Like I compared it to, we have, if you're outside of Australia, we have a, a radio station here called Triple J. Mm. And when you're a teenager, when I was a teenager, that was the most important thing in my life. It's a national radio station mm. that plays alternative music with like, you know, comedians and, you know, left of center hosts. Yeah. And you connect with everyone that talking to you about this music that you wouldn't hear anywhere else. It's so important. But then you hit a point in your life when you outgrow that and you've moved on beyond that entry to that world. Yeah. And I think for, like that was my teenage years and the equivalent of that in my 20s is discovering no reservations and, and ad- an adoration for Anthony Bourdain. And I certainly didn't outgrow him. I guess I just you yeah. know, watched less of that kind of entertainment. You watch other things, yeah. Yeah, but um, yeah. I think, I, I don't think I would have done any of the things that brought my world and your world mm. together um, without, with, without watching his te- television show. Yeah. Um, you know, I wouldn't have opened a restaurant. My wife and I wouldn't have started a business together. I wouldn't have become a food writer. I wouldn't have tried to make my own shitty, uh, you know, food videos, and I certainly would have made a, wouldn't have made a food podcast. Mm. Um, there's so many beautiful tributes to Bourdain, and it's so tragic that he's not going to be continuing to make, yeah, specials or you know, writing more. There's brilliant articles that he's done in the past as well. It just goes to show that, you know, mental mental illness doesn't discriminate. Mm. You know, no matter who you are or where you are in life and what station you are in life. Yeah. It doesn't fucking discriminate. And, you know, like there's been a lot of, if you need to talk to people, like if you need to talk to someone, reach out and all that kind of stuff. But it's not always easy to do. No, totally. When you're, when you're in a hard place. There is a stigma about even calling that number, you know, like the, yeah, admit, like, admitting that something is yeah, wrong. But it's, it's not always the person who is in a funk or suffering from depression. It's not always their place to call out like it's our places friends and you know to reach out yeah and to be there and you know even if there's a bit of pushback that little bit helps you know yeah i mean even if they're you know some people don't show the symptoms at all but you know it is important like have this try and have maintain this relationship with your friends and tell them how important they are to you 
You're important to me, Mitch. Thanks, bro. You're important to me. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, but look, I, I've, I was pretty gutted. Yeah, me too. I didn't. I, at, at, first, too. at first, when it happened, I was just like, you know, like, oh no. And then just thinking the about it more and more. Yeah. And how important he was to so many of us, yeah. so many people in our yeah. circle. And for it to happen so, you know, like less than a year after Jez yeah. as well. Like, you know, the. the it's another, yeah. Another the blow. Fucking media reporting. Like, I, I, I hate that I opened this, this, talking about this by saying that he took his own life. But I wish, you know, like, just don't tell us in the, in the headline. Yeah. You, and you, we don't need all the details, you yeah. know. Like, there's not is not and there is there is the argument that by by reporting that part of it, you are creating awareness that that is mm. a problem. But yeah, I, I, I wish there was a better way to uh, you know. And, and yeah, I mean, Katie Spade earlier in the week as well mm. with horrible press around surrounding yeah. that too. Yeah, and look, it's it's a, it's a difficult subject to approach. Yeah, it is, but you know, it's not all about selling fucking papers or magazines, is it? No, totally. Mm. Yeah. Um, so definitely uh, make sure you, you know, read as much Bourdain as you can uh, to, to, if, you, if you're feeling bad because uh, yeah. that was the one thing like as sad as I felt watching the things that he's made and reading articles that he's written made me still made me brings th- joy and all of the you know I, know I know a lot of people hate the um, insincerity that comes with like posting oh my god RIP this person that died yeah. but like god the outpouring of love for this man made me like it was pretty powerful yeah, to, was, to read yeah really powerful um, so Mitch, when we last recorded an episode of uh, of the Mitchin, um, I, 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 I should look at see what it even was. But we were in a we were in a pretty okay uh, place. I mean, I, I guess we weren't we weren't loving doing the weekly format. Um, the last episode we did was with Mike Eggett yeah. uh, called Pop Ups. Hilariously, I think he's opened and closed two <laughs> restaurants since that last episode. Only two, probably and, like yeah. seventeen. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and you know, we should give a Mike update. Mike is for the first time since I've ever met known him having a break at the moment. He went up north. He's not mm. cooking in a restaurant. That's someone that needed R and R more than anyone. Yeah, anyone I know. Yeah. So uh, um, good, good, good decision, Mike. Take mm. that break. You deserve it. Um, but. So shortly, you know, when we last recorded, you had, uh, you had Acme, which mm-hmm. we're recording at right now, and, and you and uh, your partners from Acme had Bar Brose as well, which was a, a, a bar um, in, uh, in Darlinghurst, Sydney. Um, and uh, shortly after we recorded that last episode, uh, you, uh, you made the decision to close Bar Brose down. I think we were going through that process when we did that last episode. And that's kind of the reason I wanted... I, I wanted to take a little break Mm -hmm. is because um, I didn't really want to talk about it and some things obviously you can't talk about. Sure. Um, For a variety of reasons, you know, you don't want things to get to the press the wrong way or you don't want things to get to suppliers the wrong way or your staff the wrong way and, and that kind of thing. So, you know, and on top of that, it's not an easy thing coming to the decision to have to close the business. Um, so I didn't want to avoid talking about it on the mission and I didn't want to pretend like everything was cool. And Because there is this pressure on, on you to kind of pretend like you're killing it. Yeah, 100%. And, yeah. Like I've sort of said it before that none of, none of us as chefs know how to fail. Like, you get to a position of being a head chef. Hold up. 
What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. For a business owner, because you've succeeded in whatever you've been trying to do. Like your end goal is always to become a head chef or mm-hmm. to open a restaurant. And if you've got to that point, then you've succeeded, you know, and maybe some of us fail upwards, but I feel like I was successful in my career. I built a reputation, you know, I haven't felt like I've failed anything since math in the <laughs> HSC in year 12. And even then I knew I was going to fail it before I took the test. Cause I didn't know <laughs> if I can study, you know, but we're all egotistical and driven and passionate and all that those kind of fucking cliched words but to come to the realization that something you've done isn't working or isn't successful and to admit that you failed is is hard and to then have to tell people that you failed and try and explain it or validate why or whatever the case may be, which isn't always a fucking black and white answer, is hard to do, you know? And like you said, you don't want to be out there going, fuck, we're really struggling. Mm. You know, you no one wants to go to a struggling restaurant. Because the, the idea of it is contagious as well. Like, oh, yeah. if people know that this one's struggling, that means the next one is going to struggle too. Yeah, and, yeah. yeah. or oh, let's not go there because everyone's down and you know like the vibe's not very good and mm-hmm. you know that kind of thing and you have to protect your staff and keep your staff morale up and and all that kind of stuff too because it's everyone's livelihood you know you're employing people you're providing their wage to live on you know what i mean so you're providing your suppliers wage to live on basically as well and to have that stress of fuck you know how are we going to pay these people are we going to survive? Are we going to survive it personally? What's ha- what's going to happen to Acme? You know, all that kind of shit. It's really fucking tough. And people deal with it in different ways. And that can be fucking tough to deal with too, you know? So it, it was a hard year and a half of running that business. And it's been a hard year since closing it. You know, we've had a lot of changes here at Acme as well. It's just Cam and I now. Just Ac. Just oh wait, come, come, just come. Yeah, just come, basically. So, yeah, but I also don't think it's something we should just sweep under the rug either. Because if we don't talk about it, then the pattern is gonna for other people. You know, we're not the first people to fail. We won't be the fucking last. You know, so if we can talk about it. And now we sort of can't, you know, obviously there's like legal reasons and all that kind of shit at the time. And 
and that kind of thing that you can't always talk about. But now that we, we've been through it and we're working, continuing to work to make sure our, all our suppliers are paid and staff are paid and all that kind of shit, like I think it is important that we talk about it because mm-hmm. it's not always roses in mm-hmm. the industry. And as much as, you know, you want to talk to your friends and go, yeah, yeah, the fucking restaurant's busy. Like sometimes they're not, you know, and you're not the only one going through that. And it's the same sort of thing. Like if we can talk about it, then we're not suffering through it ourselves and dealing with the stress and depression and self-doubt and everything that comes with that. So I think it's important that we, we talk about it. And there's been times since closing like like when Jezza passed and you know now when Bourdain passed where I thought it's even more important to but I also don't want to seem selfish about it either and you know I've written things down for myself and I think I've showed you a couple of things that I've written and you know like you have to get it out yeah and you system. need to yeah, talk exactly. about it definitely you know but it's still hard to do you know like I'd love to write a piece but at the same time I don't know if I want to write something for a publication that I feel wasn't supportive through the process and is just looking for clicks or whatever the case sure. may be, you know. So it's kind of it's kind of hard to work out how to put something out there and to have that conversation, you know. So obviously this is one way and ho- I hope a lot of people listen to it. And, you know, Cam and I sort of spoke about it at Grow Assembly last month and that was sort of the first time we spoke about it publicly so yeah i don't know it's it's tough man business is tough yeah hospitality in sydney is fucking tough yeah there is that weird dream of like you know once once you get the first restaurant going then you just open a second and because you've done it before it's 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 even easier but and i didn't open a second business to lose a bunch of fucking money my thinking was cool acme successful we're we're making a good a good living we're running a good business let's open another one and have two and make twice as much money and that's that's the aim and that's the idea but it's not always the reality you know and the irony of it is learning the very expensive lessons we learn at brose is probably saved acme right sure you know because we weren't actually good business people we weren't running acme well we had our heads up our bums. We had some bad advice. We had a variety of different things. You know, we weren't aware of the... We didn't pay enough attention to how much industry had changed. All these kinds of things. So the irony of losing Brose has mean that we've probably kept Acme. And now we are good business people. We run Acme efficiently and properly. So it's... And the food's never, never been more inventive and more you, I think, as well. Yeah, and I, and I actually feel that too. Yeah. I feel like the food we've been doing for maybe the last year is really fucking strong and creative and tasty and interesting and all those things that I want it to be. And then at the same time, I feel like we're not getting recognition for it. You know what I mean? Like, sure. we've been here for three and a half years... There's a lot going on in people Sydney. People take it for granted. Yeah, people, you know, always caught up in the new thing. It's hard to, it's hard to keep your voice out there, you know. Like, and everyone's in the same boat, you know. Everyone is trying to do something different or something to set themselves apart, and eventually it just becomes white noise as well because everyone's trying to do something, you know. So it's tough, man. But like I've always said, you know, if we believe in the product we're putting out and we're proud of it and we can stand behind it, then 
that's all we can do and and hopefully people respond to that and we get bums on seats and we yeah. can stay in business yeah yeah but going back to what you were saying like i think there definitely should be you know more messaging out there that it, you know it's okay to fail and and yeah. to not it's not it's not your it's not always your fault when something that you no. that, that you're running fails either either yeah i mean like we definitely have our share of responsibility all all of us that were involved we have our share of responsibility and but that's not the only reason that that business failed you know so it's it's hard like i said we won't be the first like i've heard neil perry talk about it multiple times and he's lost more restaurants than i've worked at sure in my career you know what i mean and he's a fucking very successful chef and businessman you know so and it's the same in any field you know what i mean like people go bankrupt and come back and become millionaires and you know like it's tough it's tough to run a fucking business the government doesn't make it easy the council doesn't make it easy no, there's so many things you're going up you against know? yeah yeah so don't do it if you're thinking about it <laughs> the lowest i ever was was when i was um working you know five six six days and nights a week at my yeah. restaurant and then every spare moment i would take gigs like i'd go straight from the restaurant yeah. to the club and then i would put that money that i was making from djing back into paying my staff's wages yeah because the money the restaurant wasn't making there's not enough money to, yeah. to support yeah. all the staff we had on to replace my wife who just had a, 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 baby. a baby yeah yeah, and that, that's the thing, man, you know, like, and then growing apart from business partners mm. and, you know, like Ed, Cam, Ed, Andy and I are really good, you know, it was difficult at the time with Andy moved on halfway through last year and Ed finished up at the end of last year and they were both difficult things to go through, but I think we're all in better places for it now and, you know, you, you like you said, before you start with something and you sort of go through a growing phase and then you can grow apart mm. and have different visions and different ideals and and that's okay too but to have a business go under lose two business partners here at acme still have to deal with the fallout of losing a business while trying to keep this one on the up and up and you know like it's fucking hard bro. Mm. it's fucking hard and I've been in some dark places too, you know, like not to trivialize no, of course not. anything, but when you have tax bills and supplies to pay and staff to pay and, you know, you've got to worry about all that shit, it's fuck, it can be fucking stressful. And then to know that once you've dealt with that, you then have to go and work at a restaurant that isn't doing what you want it to be doing and is the cause of these problems. Yeah. And you've but, still got to be there and, yeah. you know, like... I'm not in that place, like, I haven't had a kid where I want to be somewhere else. Like, Acme is the place that I love. That's you know, I yeah. fucking love it. Mm. It's everything that I worked for. I had no idea. When I started cooking, I had no idea how I was going to get here. I still don't even really know how I did get here. <laughs> I remember when you told me about it, it was such a joyous moment. Because, yeah. you know, the, the, even like I came into your life relatively late in your journey to mm. this point. You were already doing pretty well when I met you. Um, I think it was just before you started working at Duke. Mm. Um, uh, but I, like just the joy in your, in your voice when you told me that you were opening your own spot finally. Mm. Um, such a good moment. Yeah, and I, I still love it. You know, like I love coming here every day. I love creating stuff. I love coming out with new dishes. But the real, the reality of running a business 
in Sydney in 2018. And I'm sure, you know, the older generation will say it was fucking harder in my day or whatever the case may be. But the reality of all of that takes away from that creativity mm. and joy and, you know, like yeah. finding Run- that balance is, is tough. Running your own business always has been and, and has, has never been easy. But mm. I feel like in this day and age, every week something new is introduced that yeah. you have to... Yeah work around or, or, yeah. or like yeah just like the different restrictions and the adding taxes of and delivery services um the sort of dumbing down of the industry i think as well you know the, not to mention competition con- constant competition because now yeah. no one goes to nightclubs anymore and and food and bars is like kind of what the generation that used to go to clubs that's now well, that's the, the only thing. thing they go and do so the the lockout laws have just killed culture yeah. in Sydney and you don't think about the effect that that has you know people aren't going out as much There's, if, anymore like I will go to, even if it's a successful party now that I'll that I, like I ran I did a dip pop up yeah um, I brought my restaurant back for one night because it meant that I could just now because I have a cookbook out already I just submit my recipes to the, to the, to the kitchen they do all the prep I show them how I show them what they look they should look like and then they do all the cooking and so that yeah. was a great great team shout out to Tom and Mark over at Harper and Harry for doing a great job um, and then uh, I also booked like a it was like you know went from like 5 p.m. till till 3 a.m. Mm. and I booked um, I booked all all my, all my best mates you know we had Joyride, who does the uh, the Mitchin theme song, the award-winning Mitchin theme <laughs> song. Uh, our friend Shanson, Ness, um, Leon Smith was there, Mowgli May. It was a great lineup. And, and at one point, it was just completely crammed in there. And this is not like the bottom level of Harpoon Harry is not really associated with being a nightclub, no. really. But it was you couldn't move. It was yeah. so packed. And I was like, wow, this is so good. It's so good to have such a b- nice, big, that packed feeling. party. But yeah. now I looked around, I'm like... No one here is like under 26. Yeah, it was all it's all, all our friends. Exactly, yeah. yeah. But like, you know, and that in itself is a rarity because, you know, those people are getting older and yeah. they don't really go out as much as they used to, but I don't know where the no, that's the, where thing. teenagers go anymore yeah. and it's 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 crazy. Like I the what little contact I have with people that age, mm. uh, it's they they stay at home. They, yeah. they, they save their money up and they go to the festivals yeah. instead of going to nightclubs and, yeah. and seeking out new things at night. Mm. There is this weird stigma against like being out late at night in Sydney. Yeah. Um, and that's entirely the fault of, of, of the way that the, the, the lockouts are portrayed in media and by the government. Mm-hmm. And it'll, we're, we're 10 years away from that being undone. Yeah, that's like the laws could change tomorrow, but the effects yeah. won't change for a long fucking time. And I know we spent so many episodes last year talking about it. I guess it, part of me thought that, you know, we were going to contribute to the, to it being undone, but mm. the point of no return is here. And now I've just kind of like, I know it seems really negative, but like I, I'm, I, you know, I get invited to talk about on panels about the lockout laws and their effects and stuff like that. But I just, I don't have the energy for that anymore. Yeah. I put in so much in those first two years and the yeah. lead up to it actually happening. And I just feel like my voice, it wasn't that it wasn't heard. It was that the right people didn't want to hear it. Yeah. Um, and it was just, it was clear that the no priority, what the message exactly. is, they're not interested in hearing it. Yeah. Um, no one, um, put any money into my um, campaign of don't be a fuck with Sydney <laughs> uh, which I think was an incredible campaign I, I wanted to change the coke sign so instead of saying enjoy coke it just said don't be a fuck with and that was what greeted you when you went to King's Cross I think that would have made a massive <laughs> impact uh, but yeah like so I, I think there are, there, are, there are, there's been a lot of shitty things that have happened to both the food industry and then the, and the, just the nightlife industry yeah, in Sydney. And, yeah. and I think it's and really, everything really, that relates to that. And I think this, this podcast 
definitely suffered from just feeling the full brunt of that and and it like it's so easy just to be like this is shit this is shit this is shit and And that's not a fun thing to do no totally everyone might know me or tease me about fucking being grumpy and old and shit but i don't want to be negative Mm. you know what i mean like but sometimes you're in that space and you can't get out of it you and know? all my other podcasts are essentially about escapism you know yeah. video games comic books mu- mm. music but i loved that this was you know when I've, there are some episodes that we've done that i think are incredible conversations even not about food just like you yeah, know conversations just, about yeah and like man i've had some fucking great times doing this um and i, I would love to 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 try and you know, even if it, we don't commit to a schedule of some kind if there are moments where we have time to to do episodes if it's just us or if we have a you know a guest or two again or you know like some of my favorite moments is just pulling the recorder out when everyone was drunk and recording some messy conversation i did not like editing it but i liked it at the time (laughs) um but uh yeah i i I, I would love to continue this with a new emphasis on talking about real things realistically but Mm. not trying to dwell on the negativity um you know maybe people listening didn't didn't get that out of our yeah maybe yeah who knows people you know a lot of people i've had people say they loved it and people overseas say it was their only insight to what was happening back home in the industry and that kind of thing so you know yeah but there was also just don't hold us to a fucking schedule (laughs) (laughs) and also a lot of people like really uh like no one really tells me what they expect i for me to do on any of my other podcasts but like (laughs) lee tran lamb who hosts the unbearable lightness of being hungry and shouts to her she's kept her podcast going for a lot longer than we have yeah uh she told me that like she actually gets more feedback for the mitchin than she does does for her own podcast like a lot of everyone has their ideas of what they want out of this podcast and the truth is you know we don't really want to know we don't know what we want this podcast to be yeah i don't know either yeah um when we started we just wanted it to be a basically a recording of the conversations that we would have anyway yeah i would yeah i would love to you know and that's hard to do because we talk a lot of shit Mm. and you can you say things in private that you maybe (laughs) don't want people to hear publicly or you know but that's what in its essence, it should be an honest conversation with people in the industry that's not clouded by a third-party publication, sure. so to speak, yeah. you know? Yeah. And just us shooting the shit. I mean, the, the, the candidness of the mission, yeah. I think, is our strongest point. Yeah. 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 So, look, we will try and do more, um, but if we don't, yeah. don't hold it against us. Yeah. It's not because we don't want don't to do it. it. It's just, I don't know. We're lazy. We've got fucking other things <laughs> to do. fucking lazy. We've just, <laughs> we've just spent an entire uh, episode explaining how not lazy we are. Um, but um, definitely make sure you, uh, you, you, you head to Acme. Um, Mitch, you, you mentioned being proud of some of the dishes that you've uh, been doing lately. You want to go through a few of your favorites? Uh, no, I hate doing that. Yeah. I mean, we change, it, we, change, we change the menu a lot. Yeah. Um, There's a simplicity though that, yeah, that, that's really come through in recent dishes. Like, you, like you know, you, you used to if you if you go through your menus a few years ago, you, you know, it would be like five to six items listed one after the other mm. per dish. And lately, you've been putting things up that are like two things. Two things, yeah. That's crazy. Like, but then you eat them, and the the depth is anything but just two. Yeah, two I things, think we've but. sort of just simplified and and cleared up. You know, we're really seasonal. And you know the menu. The menu has a structure that we work to, but I think we've. I've just found a nice rhythm with it. Of you know, and that's probably because I'm not distracted by other shit as much. Sure. In a way, even though I am, like, <laughs> and we do have a lot of shit to deal with and going on, and yeah, 
but you love this place, so but it's yeah. okay. That's, yeah, yeah, you know, and like this is a- being creative is that's the whole point. You know, that's this is my creative outlet. You know, I can't play an instrument, I can't DJ, I can't sing. Anyone I can can't DJ, fucking mate. do anything else. <laughs> 15 yeah. minutes like, did you have to do it? <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if I'm coordinated enough. <laughs> I'm certainly less coordinated than you <laughs> You know but This is my creative outlet mm. You know so And it's still The joy of feeding people You know that's what it's about At the end of the like it's still the joy of having People come here and us looking after Them and We still get that Like we still get a lot of people that have never been here before or haven't been in a couple of years and have come back. And I think the service team that we have now is really great. The personalities we have on the floor are really great. The vibe and the fun of the restaurant is really good. The food is really good. And people leave here happy. Mm. And that that makes me happy, you know? Like, it's hospitality after all, you know? And that's what we want to do. We want people to come in and have a good time, eat something that exceed their expectations or taste things they've never tasted before and have that experience walking away and just have had a really fun time being out and experiencing this small part of the industry yeah cool what jats have you got on the moment at the moment it's um Jats a la Mark Best. So Mitch does, uh, he's always, he's got the, the, the Jats partnership, it's the like, most, uh, yeah. everyone's like, so jealous of his Jats partnership. It's like a little signature series that we do to just sort of shout out our friends and, and also your inspirations. Love of Jats. What was the first Jats at, at Acme? Was Acme the first place you did Jats at or was it? A, yeah, 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 yeah. So Jats are, did, are the quintessential Australian cracker. Yeah. Oh, I just did like a take on Cabanossi and cheese basically. We right. just did a salami cheese and... Um, mustard butter and pickled radish and the right people were just like yep this is a fucking great little canapé great little taste and then the wrong people were like oh that's so lazy you won't (laughs) fucking just put a thing on a jazz fucking hell but you just uh, you owned it and uh, and, and you and you pushed through yeah yeah like we're we're about taking the piss and having fun and Mm. That's and nostalgia and that kind of shit. So, but we're actually going to take the jats off and do something different with them. Vitawits next week. <laughs> no, 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 like still using jats, but saladas. <laughs> no, no, don't, don't, don't <laughs> slander me, bro. Yeah, so we're going to take the jats off as a jats and do something else with it next week. So stay tuned to Instagram. But yeah, so what's what's on the jats a la Mark Fest? Uh, cucumber, cream cheese miso, and a vruga. So that, that's a little play on. A thing Bessie's been doing recently where he does like little cucumber, hollowed out cucumber, fills them up with cream cheese miso and puts scampi caviar on oh, top. so good. But uh, we can't afford scampi caviar, so we use a Vruga. Where's he cooking at the moment? Uh, nowhere. Nowhere. He's got a thing on a cruise liner <laughs> and then he's an ambassador for AEG uh-huh. cooking products. And I don't know, he just cons people into paying him to do gigs, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, it's not bad. Be. Yeah. Good on him. Aspirational. Yeah. Um, I'm currently, I have a monthly column in, um, in Good Food in the, oh, in the Sydney Morning Herald, um, which is really cool, working with uh, um, Arden Burnoff, who's my favorite editor, editor ever, but she moved to Melbourne, and so I also work with Rosalind Grundy down there, who's also really good to work for as well. Um, and basically, they've just made me, the, appointed me the ambassador for Western Sydney, mm-hmm. um, which is fucking great. Which is what you've been aiming for for the last yeah. two years. Yeah. And in fact, because of that, I've, I've, I've now got two things happening with um, uh, Discover Parramatta. Cool. which is like the Western Sydney kind of like, you know, tourism thing. So I'm going to start writing mm-hmm. for them as well. Um, and essentially it's just highlighting my favorite, um, you know, smaller restaurants out that way. And hopefully uh, my, my aim is that I want to be known as like the guy that you should get in contact with if you have an event or 
if you are putting together like a refurbishment on like a massive shopping center there and you like, you know, we need someone to curate which restaurants we need bring to, yeah, to Parramatta right. because yeah. we're lacking so many things. Like, you know, we have such an amazing community of like Thai people there and there's mm. no Thai eateries and stuff like that. Mm. Like, um, and we have like, I, I wrote a tirade about how much I hate Parramatta's Eat Street in yeah. the Herald a while ago. It's, trash. it's so, it's, it's the worst. It's the, it's the street that you would just never eat on and yeah. it's called Eat Street. Besides, it's the only Messina in Sydney that you don't have to line up for. Yeah. Um, that, that's good. Uh, but yeah, I, uh, I, I, I want to get to the point where I'm, I'm, I'm bringing the good shit to Parramatta mm. um, and also trying to highlight the, the good things that are, there's a few good things in that area that are already there. But then uh, beyond that, like it's great writing about my favorite places in yeah. Auburn and Harris Park. I wrote about um, my favorite Thai place at the moment is Khao Pla, mm. which is the um, Pla who used to work for, um, for Hongi, for Hongi and uh, before that Spice I Am. Mm-hmm. He opened a few years ago in, uh, in, in Chatswood. Um, and the Kalplaz is awesome. Like, you know, you sit down on stools and the food, it's just like so fun. It's, you know, like it's a very, very um, like fun sharing Thai street food that doesn't hold back on the spice, but is also like really, really presentable um, to everybody. Um, and he just opened up his second spot, which is inside Macquarie Shopping Center. Uh, yeah, and that's, that's right. like, yeah. that's the, that's where I went and saw movies when I was a kid. Yeah. And like, you know, like. Is the ice ring still in there? Yeah, yeah. I got the yeah. ice rink. Yeah, yeah. We did ice, ice skating uh, with my, my high school there yeah. um, for one term every year. Um, but like the, the most interesting place to eat there when I was younger was like fucking Alibaba. Yeah. And the fact that you can have like some of Sydney's best Thai in like this like really, it's True almost, it's, it's like high end. It's like, no, it's actually, it's like this little restaurant inside the ah, shopping really? center. Right. It's really, really good. Yeah, right. So it's, it's fun highlighting places like that. And now people that are opening like new Jean noodle spots are getting in mm. touch. Like, hey, come eat at my place. So that's a, a yeah, good place sick. to be. I'm also in charge of doing the cheap eating Cheap Eats Guide and the Good Food Guide this year, oh. which uh, I've been spending way too much time deliberating on, but I'm pretty proud mm. of the list that I'm about to submit next week. Cool. Just like... That's a lot of work. That's a big guide. Well, no, it's only 20. 20. I, oh, I wanted the big now, guide. I wanted it because it used to be 50, uh, but now, yeah. it's, now it's only 20. Right. Okay. But you'll you'll get a sneak peek of that because I'm, I'm doing the cover story and Good Food next year, next okay. week, sorry, next month uh, related to that. Cool. Yeah. Um, also, I'm... 17 kilos lighter than when I last recorded an episode of The Mitchin. <laughs> I think that's been the biggest change from you scoffing at anyone doing any form of physical activity <laughs> to now you being the fucking stereotypical F45 cult dude. I think that's the biggest change. Who's worse, me or Hongi? Uh, you might be worse. Really? But Hongi's worse on Instagram. How am I? Oh, just in because I don't actually eat like I used to. Is that yeah? Like yeah. you're worse in person. <laughs> you're like, bro, I fucking went to F45. I'm so good. I smashed my protein shake. La la la. And you know, oh fuck, there's an F45 van. I'm fucking this and that. And, and Hongi would just put fucking pictures of dripping sweat on his face on Instagram. You know what I mean? But Hongi's still so terrible at Instagram. <laughs> some things never change, Mitch. Some things never change. But yeah, but just you going from, hey, Lebs, I went to Pilates last week. Who the fuck did you go to Pilates for, you fucking dickhead? So, oh, I went to Body Pump. I fucking... <laughs> that, that's the, the biggest, most unexpected life change yeah. ever. Who saw that coming? Yeah. Actually, that, that may have contributed to me not wanting to do the Mitch anymore because I started dieting yeah. and then I would, we would just talk about food all the time. But I'm, I'm at a point now where I'm pretty happy with yeah. how You've got to find that balance again. Yeah, yeah. Life's all about balance. Exactly. Yeah, but yeah. I'm, I'm, I've just finished a, 
a challenge and I think I put on more muscle this in the last eight weeks. Yeah. See, that's I what Hungy, even Hungy was like, man, Lev's is crazy with that shit. Every challenge, he does every challenge. <laughs> like, I never do a challenge. Lev's does every fucking challenge. I like, I'm obsessed with getting the body scans because you find out like the percentage <laughs> of body fat and like how much muscle yeah. you put on in the last that's few weeks. How, bro, you're in a good place. You don't yeah. have to dwell on that shit. You're yeah. healthy. I'm not dwelling. I just have, healthy, I have goals. I have eventual fit. goals. You're healthy. You're fit. You still got to be able to come in. Like, bro, the fact that you're eating my restaurant maybe once every... F- you've probably eaten here once <laughs> since we last recorded. Like Twice. You give, Definitely twice. You worried about too much. <laughs> I don't eat here because you open at six and my kids need to go to bed but six thirty. <laughs> That's the main reason. We brought, we brought, I brought I blame, both kids okay. here. I blame your parenting, not F45 then. <laughs> I, brought, I brought both kids here. No, you saw what happened. They were like, it was a great first half hour and then they went insane. And like both of yeah, them... Yeah, and I blame you as the parent. <laughs> I'm not blaming the child. For bringing I here. blame you as the parent. <laughs> for making your child's bedtime six thirty. Oh, right, sure. Yeah, sure. You should um, be training them to be going to bed at 7.30. Yeah, but, uh, you've got to contribute the, uh, to, to the nightlife by keeping your kids up all yeah. night from an early age. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, and like, then I'm pretty like, sure Nami and Omar don't go to bed till fucking 1 a.m. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, look, thank you so much for, uh, for listening to this episode. Um, this is if so do, much fun. If anyone so, does. So thanks. much fun to, 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 to talk, do a, do, a, do a mission. Yeah, it was. It was good. I, I missed it too, for yeah. sure. Um, and we, we may do one again in the future. Um, and uh, if you want to, uh, you know, suggest something that you would like us to do in the show, mm. um, or you know, at, at, at worst, we'll read out your email and make fun of it on the next episode. Yeah. Uh, the Mitchin podcast. I do miss doing that actually. At gmail <laughs> Say something really stupid so we can make fun of it. I was like, fuck, I haven't checked this email address in like six months. I can't wait to see, you know, all the people begging us to come back, and it was, it was just, just all spam. <laughs> <laughs> um, the mission podcast at gmail.com of course you can follow uh mitch on instagram at instacrill if you want to see the dishes that he doesn't want to talk about you love taking photos of them yeah at the very I'm least putting them up. there's some good stuff there yeah. at instacrill to show people what we're and, doing uh, you know? i'm at lev dog l-e-v-d-a-w-g don't post up anywhere near as much food but I'm, i've got a few weeks you want to see some f45 djing clips and stuff and, follow <laughs> <Lev's>, yeah. <laughs> and mostly the pictures of the kids that i'm a terrible parent of yeah uh, yeah, at Lev Dog. Um, again, uh, I'm, this, this week, um, the Mitchin is coming out during a week that I'm putting out a, a poc- an episode of my podcast every day. Every like, day. Yep. Different, different podcasts yep. every day. So this is this will five be, for five. This will be next Tuesday, I think. Nice. Um, so it'll be Serious Issues Monday, nice. Mitchin Tuesday. Someone give this man some money to start a fucking podcast network. Yeah. Jesus Christ. Uh, what's next? I think it's uh, uh, All the Small Games on Wednesday. Hey fam, Thursday and Friday is an all Neptunes episode of uh, my podcast, I'm Old Rats, listen to that. which is fucking great. So uh, I would all... like to be a guest on that podcast sometimes. That's too. a great idea. Yeah, okay, cool. That'd be fun. Mitch and yeah. Old Rats called Old mm. Old Mitch. Though <laughs> <laughs> it probably would pretty much just be this Neptunes episode. Really. <laughs> <laughs> no, that that would be fine. That would be a good way to make that podcast because it's it's really difficult getting in the frame of mind to do something by myself because yeah, I'm so talk, used to collaborating yeah, with someone. Yeah, but yeah. um, yeah. Um, so yeah, check out, check me out everywhere next week. Yeah. Um, nice. Thanks so much for listening, and uh, and see you next time whenever that is. Peace. Eat, it, eat it, Acme. Eat everywhere. Yeah, Stop that's very good. Home. Point. Just yeah. because it's winter, put a fucking jumper on, go out and eat in restaurants. Eat everywhere and tell everybody about how good the food you ate was. Encourage, yeah. encourage that that in this industry to for, to thrive. Yeah. Bye. Bye. It's the Mission Podcast with Krill Dog and Andy. Hold up. 
What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.